What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy, Big Zoo, right here. And you know what it is. It's about that time to Jets podcast right here on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you happen to be listening to us right now. Appreciate you doing so. Appreciate you hitting that subscribe and leaving a five-star like or comment as well. That always helps you know what I say. Pay the bills. Keep the food, my man, Duke's Bowl. That's what we do over here. We're in the business of, uh, you know, staying alive. So thank you guys for those ratings. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing. Um, Please remember, follow me on the Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. Let me know what you guys are thinking right now. I mean, we got got some things going on in Jets world, people. I don't got to tell you that twice. We got... A lot happening, so let me know what's going on on the Twitter machine, and uh, let me know what you're thinking about Joe Flacco starting, let me know what you're thinking about Robert Sala and this coaching staff, let me know what you're thinking about Rex Ryan and his comments coming out of the woodworks to, uh, you know, lay a little smackdown on Robert Sala, and I mean, I'll let you know in a little bit how I feel about those comments and um, what I think about Robert Sala right now, but... I think we start out with the headline, we start out with the lead, and that is that on Sunday versus the Miami Dolphins at Jet Live Stadium, one Joe Flacco will be back at the range of quarterback for these New York Jets. And I got to tell you all, at first I was a little bit more angry. (laughs) Uh, I was like, what are we doing here? But at the same time, I mean, I get it. Like, I can understand it. I'm more just, I'm more befuddled because it's kind of, to me, why are you telling us Zach Wilson's got a four-week injury when it was never going to be a four-week injury, first of all? And second of all, why are we sitting here now four weeks later and you're just not even going to give us a timeline on Zach Wilson? You're just saying, all right, we're going to throw Joe Flacco out there. I mean, I know why you're not doing that because you don't think that Zach Wilson should be playing right now. But tell us that. Tell us that Zach Wilson is learning the system. Tell us that Zach Wilson is working on some things and figuring some stuff out. Because honestly, hearing that he's injured and seeing him out there practicing and you telling us he's limited in practice. And then, I mean, you're going to turn this around. And how many weeks are we going to do this? How many weeks are we going to have Zach Wilson limited in practice saying, oh, you know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens here. But that's not even really the whole issue I have with this. And that's something that I could talk about in a little bit in its own right. But the fact that you're going to Joe Flacco here, I mean, a guy who you traded a six rounder and a conditional pick for that conditional pick is almost guaranteed to hit now. I don't know what the precautions were on and I don't know what the you know entanglements are in terms of playing time for Flacco and how that pick comes alive but it's absolutely going to happen I mean this coaching staff has decided to go with Joe because they're looking to save face at this point this is a move to completely save the face of the organization save the face of this coaching staff and potentially save some jobs I mean Joe Douglas, this is obviously something that comes from the top, so it comes from him, that he's he's the leader of the Get Joe Flacco Out There parade. But, I mean, it's it's an absolute fact that this, this offense can't run through these guys, Mike White and Zach Wilson, consistently. And, I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee that 
Joe Flacco is going to exactly go out there and light the world up. There's just this belief that because he's a, a veteran quarterback that he's going to come in and he's all of a sudden going to, I mean, be a different player than Joe Flacco has been throughout his entire career. There's a difference between wanting a guy to learn from a veteran backup and, you know, kind of, you know, go through the motions with him, figure out, you know, how should I be as a, you know, in the, in the film room? What do I need to do in preparation? What do I need to do for this? That's, that's one thing about having a veteran quarterback here. But when you have a veteran quarterback here, like Joe Flacco, who thinks that he's going to reinvent his career and he's about to, uh, you know, become the next Tom Brady playing until he's 45 years old. That's a problem because that's a dude who's trying to steal a spot. That's a guy who is not going to be happy with being a backup. I mean, it it's not really a smart move. I mean, he's here. It is what it is. We're going to do what we got to do. But when you listen to Joe Flacco talk, when you just look at this decision and it's just so dumb. It's literally so dumb. Like, I'm sorry. It, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be chill with it. But it's such a dumb decision. Like, I mean, I get it. And I'm not one of these people that thinks, oh, Mike White is going to be the guy forever. And I'm sorry if you are. I didn't mean to do such a dead-on impersonation of you. But Mike White is not the freaking future. Please get off of that and shut your mouth. He's not. He's a guy. He's just a guy. He's C.J. Beathard. He's any other quarterback that is under the age of 30 that's a backup. Colt McCoy, A.J. McCarron. Who do you want to name? He's all of them. And none of them at the same time. But he's not the future. So it really doesn't matter about Mike White for this game. Like, let's let's be honest now, people. Let's be honest with ourselves. We spent a second overall pick on Zach Wilson. You want to bench him for the rest of the year and trade him based on the games that he's played so far and move on with Mike White as your quarterback? You've lost it. You've absolutely lost it. But that's that's for another day. Actually, it's probably for today, but we're not talking about it right now. Joe Flacco, in that sense, makes sense as a starter. It, it, it does because, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference if you're playing Mike White or not. You really don't need to see anything else from him. And honestly, he would learn a little bit from seeing Joe Flacco start too and be a backup to him. But I mean, the stupidity of this decision is that Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is literally the stupidity of this decision. You couldn't get him in the offseason because he wanted to go to Philly because he thought he was going to have a chance to start there. And that is the number one crux with my problem with Joe Flacco. He came back to New York because he saw an opportunity. And when he came back, he said that he wanted to take back a starting job, that he wanted to win that job, that he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to redo his career here. That was nobody else. That was not Joe Douglas. That was not Robert Sala saying that. That was Joe Flacco. And now you sit here this week and he's talking about opportunity and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, getting out there and getting ready. This is a guy who wants to steal this spot from Zach Wilson. And God bless the man. I mean, I hope that he has a maybe another year or two in him. I don't think he does, but he's here still in the league somehow this year but he's sitting here and he's thinking i can take this off of this kid zach wilson because he ain't that good so 
when you have a veteran quarterback who's supposed to be a mentor to these younger guys, you have to make sure that he has some sort of respect for those guys and their ability. You need to make sure that, you know, Joe Flacco doesn't look at Zach Wilson as an under-average quarterback, a below-average quarterback. Sorry, an under-average quarterback. My Lord. <laughs> a below-average quarterback who, I mean, honestly, he probably doesn't view as ever being a starter in this league and probably looks at him as just another guy who got drafted really high and is going to be out at the end of his rookie contract. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I really wouldn't, especially the way the guy's talking. And for this this team to put Joe Flacco out there in this situation, it's just a safe face. It literally is. I mean, you're not you're not doing anything for anybody at this point with the move. It's it's self sufficient. It's self serving, and you better hope that I'm wrong, and that Joe Flacco really wants to help Zach Wilson and really wants to be a guy for you know Mike White to uh, look at and kind of learn some things from. But I don't see that. I don't see that at all. This is a, in my opinion, a very selfish guy, a very selfish player. Always has been. Always will be. And I don't think that's the kind of guy that we should have brought back in. And, I mean, we're sitting here, and that's what we have. We have Joe Flacco. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, and the Jets certainly think I'm wrong. But I think the reality is going to be that my statement right there is 100% right. And we're looking at this in a couple of weeks where Joe Flacco, even if he wins a game, you know, even if he only wins a game, if he's getting replaced, I think he's going to start bitching and moaning and being the most annoying second or third string quarterback in this entire league. It's it's annoying, people. It really is. I can't I can't stand this. I can't stand this organization and their their inability to just get out of their own way. I mean, Joe Douglas traded these picks for this guy and i don't honestly i'm over that i don't really care it's a six rounder you can make up from it it's not the end of the world but when you sit here and you look at what they're doing when they have mike white who's a guy who could sling the ball enough to get you through games i mean let's be real you're playing the buffalo bills after they lost nine to six last week they lost nine to six did you think the buffalo bills Probably the AFC's representative in the Super Bowl this season. Did you think that they weren't going to come out and look to embarrass you in that game? They absolutely did. How can you ever blame Mike White for that? It ain't his fault. Doing this, doing this type of a move, it's strictly one optics and two because they truly believe that Joe Flacco is going to go in there and win a game. And Robert Sala and Joe Douglas right now are starting to get into that mode where it's self-preservation and it's time to figure out how to win a couple of games and look okay out there consistently. And they think that's going to come with Joe Flacco. God bless him. I don't think it will either. You know, me and you both people, but we got to see. They're going to give it a try. They're going to see if it does something different. Maybe Flacco gets it out quicker, you know, versus the Miami rush. <laughs> Uh, not with Greg Van Rotten in the middle of that offensive line, that's for sure. But we'll get into the actual preview of this game and, you know, what what my real thoughts on it are 
when we get to Sunday because you might be a little shocked by uh, how I'm feeling about this game versus the Dolphins. But for now, I want to look at Robert Sala and I want to look at I want to look at what he's doing, man, right now. You got Rex Ryan calling my guy out. You got Rex Ryan saying how this dude sucks, how this guy was never a good defensive mind, how they call him a defensive guru. They're trying to compare him to Rex, and Rex is like, I am not having none of that. Rex is offended, like offended that they call this guy anything to do with him. And, I mean, there's certainly... Certainly a level of showmanship to Rex's game, and I do respect that in, in, this biz, in this business of media. Rex knows how to run it. So, I mean, everything he says, and maybe not everything he says, because some things he says are very intelligent in terms of football, and, you know, you should take those for what they are. But in terms of a statement like this, this is Rex trying to get some hits. This is Rex trying to be a little bit of a hot take guy. And also trying to defend his name because he probably does feel some type of way that, you know, they're saying, Oh, this is the next Rex Ryan here. Rex is like, yo, why, why is now, why is that now a good thing? Huh? Why is that now this, that, you know, why do you like that now? I bet there's some, a little bit of uh, anger in what Rex had to say there, but I'm not, I'm not buying that the whole thing was anger, but he didn't, he didn't hold back any punches. I mean, calling the guy, I mean, essentially stupid. Like, that he shouldn't be in the league, that he shouldn't be a coach in this league. That's rough stuff. And if you're Robert Sala, you take that on the chin. And I, I think that's part of the reason why Flacco is playing this week. I think you got Woody Johnson and you got Robert Sala, who heard those uh, words. And when Joe Douglas said, hey, why don't we give Flacco uh, a chance this week for probably the third straight game? Sala and Johnson probably both... Uh, well, Salah probably caved, and Johnson probably came running in screaming that they need to play Flacco because they have to win to shove it up Rex's, you know, tuchus. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it with Salah. And then he comes out afterwards and he talks about Rex. You know, oh, he always, you know, he always has something to say. You know, he's, he's, he's a loud mouth and all stuff like that. And you know, I get you want to be, you know. You're trying to be cool. You're trying to be chill. You're not trying to go over the top, but you got to lay into the guy. You got to go after Rex Ryan in that situation. If you are Robert Sala, you have to be, you have to be on your stuff, man, because that's a moment for you. You're getting called out and told that you're not even a coach in this league. You need to make sure you leave no doubt when you go back for that head. Cause he just took yours off. And, I mean, I guess you could say the best way to do that is to get a win this weekend. But Rex Ryan doesn't care. Rex Ryan is a hot take media man. When they're wrong, when people who spew their hot takes are wrong, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they view it as you don't care if I'm right either. So whatever. So when you got people with hot takes like Rex, it went the Robert Sala mentality of, oh, no, just, we'll just stick it to him by winning. No, it doesn't work. He's still going to come out next week, and he's going to say, well, you know what? Three out of the last five games, they, they went out there, and they, they got beat up by, you know, they gave up 45 every game. I don't know. Is that a defensive guru to you? And I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I like Rex. 
I would love for him to be a coach of my West Virginia Mountaineers. I think it would be the perfect fit, the perfect fit of any coach to any team in the history of sports. I truly believe that. Him and Bob Huggins running things down there, whew, that's a governor ticket. But anyway, um, where was I? Yeah. No, but Rex, Rex is just, Rex is a hot air balloon. And you really got to sometimes, you got to understand that you got to go back at him. You got to earn his respect a little bit. And you also, you also got to know he's just not going to back off. That's not who Rex is. Rex has never been that guy. So for you to, like, I just, I'm starting to really grow very sour on Salah, I guess, is the crux of all of this. And his inability to step up and just be a stand-up guy, like, be a stand-up guy. Be somebody with some cojones. You know, go out there and actually take some responsibility. Go out there and stop saying about the scheme and how, oh, we don't change the scheme and the players, you know, we need to play better, we need to execute, we need to, you know, make better, put guys in better positions. Yeah, you do need to get guys in better positions. You know how you do that? You stop being so arrogant. You stop being so full of yourself. You stop thinking that everything that you do, everything that you touch, everything that you put on the paper, put into these players' heads, put onto the video board, whatever the hell you're doing with it to get the message to them, you need to change that. You need to stop being so ignorant to not change it. You, you need to start making moves on it because right now your defense sucks and you're a defensive guy. For you to come out here and we got Joe Flacco and you're making that the headline news, especially after you're telling us Mike White is, oh, Mike White's a real quarterback in this league, and then telling us everybody was trying to get Mike White out of the league. Shut up. Shut up. Like, you're just saying whatever you want to say because you think that we're so stupid. We are so stupid as people that we are not going to realize that the day before you said something completely hypocritical. That's the freaking issue I got with Robert Sala. Robert Sala is like a Twitter troll. These people on Twitter that just say whatever they want, don't care. They have no ramifications for it. And then they'll go back on it the next day because they want to get somebody all riled up. And that's what they do. They sit in their basement and that's what they do for their life. And good for them. But Robert Sala is an NFL head coach. He's not even on Twitter. He's not even on social media when he's doing this. He's doing it straight to our faces, spitting in our faces by saying things like this. And... I don't take this lightly. I really don't. Like, it, it, you're spitting in our face with stuff like that. You're not taking ownership for anything. Your refusal to make any type of amendments to this defense that is broken. I mean, I talked about arrogance early on in the season with this coaching staff, and I hope you guys, I hope you guys are all starting to see it. Because it is so adamantly clear to me that these guys believe, truly believe, and good for them. You do need that belief to be great. They believe that everything that they do don't stink. And it ain't, it ain't true. You have to be willing to look at what is going on and make changes when changes are necessary. And that's a sign of a really good head coach. Playing to what your opponents are giving you, playing to what, your opponent's weaknesses are trying to force them into that. That's how you become a great coach. Robert Salah doesn't do that. He really never has. And I, I hate to say it. I really do. But 
this is this is looking like a one and done kind of year. It's looking like a one and done coach, and I mean, I I gotta I gotta be honest with you. Based on the results, based on what we're looking at so far, I don't I don't have too much of a problem with that because this team's getting worse and worse every single week. It's it's not like we're just losing games; we're getting worse every week. And now it's going to be a nice little light part of the schedule. So guess what's going to happen? We're probably going to see a win or two, and then everybody's going to be talking about oh, Salah. Hey, you know, he gets a couple of wins, and it's good. You know, he's good in these games. No. The Jets have still only played about, what, four decent quarters of football this season? Or four good quarters of football this season? That's, frankly, that's unbelievable. I mean, we're through ten games, and they're still pathetic. It's just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting at this point, and I mean, there's nothing else to be said about about that about what's going on with this team and with this coaching staff. And Woody Johnson, I'll leave I'll leave this remark to end this part of the conversation. Woody Johnson did not hire Salah, did not hire Douglas. He well, he was involved with Salah. He did not hire Douglas. He doesn't really you know, necessarily buy into the plan. And if he's here and this team continues to be a joke and they lose another game by 50 and they have another two games where they give up over 45 and say you have another game where you give up over 40, there's going to be firings happening. There is no doubt in my mind. Woody is back from England. Things happen that are still in place from when he was gone. It's just like when you get a new general manager in the house. That head coach isn't safe until he is. And right now, that GM, that head coach, <laughs> I think they need to start proving something because while I, I while I believe coming into the season, Woody was willing to, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see what we got here. Let's do it, boys. I'm, I'm bought in. I think if the, if the end of the year comes and it looks bad and people are pissed like they are right now, then you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be see you're gonna be seeing Robert Sala's house that he continues to renovate. That's gonna be going right back up on the market. So don't worry, old Babo. Get that bad boy back up on the Zillow because you're gonna be headed back on to uh, a defensive coordinator position somewhere else, or probably more realistically, you're probably going to be a defensive line coach somewhere else, or a linebacker coach, or maybe even something small like. I don't even know, an intern. Now I'm playing around. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, man, this is going to be a bad, bad rest of the season for Salah if he can't get it together. And that's why I think they got Flacco in there. They they truly believe this guy can win them a game. And, oof, we'll see what happens with that. I I got thoughts, but let me know what you think. At Zubeard77 on the Twitter machine. Um, Let me know what you guys think about Salah and Rex feud. Let me know what you think about Mike White not starting, and now we got Flacco in the mix. And also, let me know what you think. What you think about Zach Wilson? When should he come back? When do you get him back into this, uh, you know, starting lineup? And how does it work out? Does he even go back this year? Let me know at Zubeard seventy seven. Love interacting with you guys on there. 
So please, please, please hit me up on that Twitter machine. Uh, this is a segment I do love to do right here on the pod. So before we get on out and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of this day here before we have to come back on the weekend and get ready for another Jets game versus the Dolphins. But <laughs> for now, let's do the most anticipated segment of every episode of the Time to Jets podcast, and that is the prospects to watch for the NFL draft, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that felt right right there. I feel good right now. And you guys know what this is. These are dudes who I think would be good fits for the Jets, not necessarily the best players in this draft, but guys who could be good fits for this team come in and make some type of uh, impact right away or maybe even turn into a dude who's a part of the starting lineup for a long time. So we've gone through this a couple of times. If you want to uh, go back and listen, this is usually the last segment of each of the episode podcasts, so the ones that aren't pre or post. Uh, you can check those through the, the feed, wherever it is that you happen to be listening right now. Um, and, of course, remember to hit that five star, you know what I mean, and subscribe. So had to make sure I threw that in there. I'm sorry, guys. Shameless plug. But... <laughs> But anyway, let's start it up. We got first up from Alabama, big dog, Evan Neal on the offensive line. This dude is nasty. My opinion, best offensive lineman in the entire draft. It's going to be difficult to get him if we win any more games because he's probably going to be the number two overall pick if, uh, I mean, Devin Stingley isn't going to be healthy in time, I don't think. I don't think he's going to be 100% healthy at least, so I think Evan Neal is probably going to be the number two pick in this draft. But what he's able to do at not only the tackle position, but playing the guard, playing both sides of the line, I mean, he's the kind of guy you want to bring in if you're the Jets because he's just a big, big eater out there. And he's another guy to bookend your tackles with Makai Becton. And it works out perfectly if you do it like that because hopefully – You'll have a Becton in a third year who is in much better shape, who could stay healthy, and then you have Evan Neal on your right side of your line. And wow. <laughs> I mean, those are that's a team that could legitimately keep their quarterback upright most of the game. And it's a team that should. So Evan Neal would be a phenomenal pick. I don't know if it's necessarily realistic since he is slated to go that high. But if he's sitting there at four five, six, whenever the Jets happen to pick, you got to go Neil. It's not even a question. He is the lock pick. Lock pick for them in that situation. George Carlofitis, or George Carlofitis, from Purdue, D-end. He's a solid player. I haven't really seen a ton out of him. I've tried to watch some highlights. Um, but he's a guy that a lot of scouts love. A lot of Big Ten people love coming out of Purdue. I mean, not a, not a huge school in terms of producing NFL talent, but big body, quick, good hands. Those are things that you like to see when you see a young defensive lineman. Now, obviously, he's still got to grow. He's got to get a little bit, you know, smarter out there in terms of just his pass rush moves because he's not going to be able to just overpower or over-athlete everybody at the next level. And that's, that's really something that all rushers go through. 
but you know, old Georgie Porgy, that's a, that's a solid uh, that's a solid pickup there, I think, and he'll probably be sitting there in the range of three to seven, so it's realistic that he might be a guy the Jets target, but I mean, barring him doing anything spectacular in you know the uh, the pro day and the and the combine. I mean, I think we're looking at a guy who is going to lose out to Aiden Hutchinson in terms of being the second defensive end taken off the board. And I think Aiden Hutchinson is a significantly better player than he is as well. And I think he's also going to show out big time at the uh, Laundry Olympics, as they like to call them, or the Underwear Olympics, I should say. I apologize. The Underwear Olympics, which is the scouting combine. Of course, for those who don't know, it's not some type of pornography. (laughs) Uh, next up, um, I don't believe I mentioned this guy yet, but I feel like I might have been passing. Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, cornerback. I love this kid. I think he is a perfect corner for the NFL. I mean, he hasn't given up a touchdown throughout his college career. He's absolutely just a lockdown man, press coverage corner. And that's what you need to see. That's what you need on this Jets team. And I think he's a guy who's going to develop into a number one. I think he's very much being underrated right now. Uh, He's valued probably in that 15 to 25 range. I I see him ending up being a top 10 player in this draft, and it's not even going to be close. I think he's a dude who has Pro Bowl written all over him. He has interception written all over him. There are just some guys that what they do at the college level is so elite that you have to bring them in. You have to bring them in. It's just, you can't ignore it. And Ahmad Garner is one of those guys. He's got the size. He's got the speed. I get he plays at Cincinnati, and that's, for some reason, shying people off. But trust me, when Ahmad Garner is in the league locking people down on Sundays, you're going to wish he was on the Jets, and he should be on the Jets. So my Gardner, that's really, that's really one of my main guys in this draft. If the Jets were able to bring him in, I would be very, very happy with what they've done. And finally, the last one, because we do four here, and real quick, I'll touch on my man, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, wide receiver, of course. And, I mean, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan of Garrett Wilson coming into the season. I'm not a really humongous fan of him at this point but the guy plays man he's a good really good wide receiver i mean his athleticism his ability to high point a ball his i mean athleticism encompasses quickness and you know jumping but you have to you have to say it again he's just so quick he's smart as a receiver in terms of route running in terms of uh positioning and I, I mean, I get it. It's college, so there, there are things that can go into that, like other people just sucking, you know, that make you look a lot better at those things. But he plays at Ohio State in the Big Ten against really good teams, really good defenses, and I really like what I've seen out of him. I think his his game translates to the next level, and the only problem that I see with Wilson is that, honestly. I don't know if he's a number one, and to get him in the first round, 
is a little bit of a risk for me since he's valued around 10 to 18 in that range. Uh, I just, I can't see that happening. I, I can't see the Jets using a first round pick on a wide receiver. I just find that to be such a terrible choice in general. And I, I would be very disappointed with it. But Garrett Wilson is a very good player. And keep him in mind because he's definitely going to be a guy that the Jets are starting to be that are the Jets are going to start to be connected with as the season progresses, as we start to see where the draft picks are gonna fall, as we start to see how this team looks. Garrett Wilson is absolutely going to be a guy that all of these mock draft boards are going to have going to the Jets if if that Seattle pick is sitting somewhere in that 15 range. So just be ready. Just be ready on it. Just be ready on it. <laughs> and do your homework on other people as well. Let me know if there's any guys that you that I didn't mention that you think that are uh, worthy of being on this list. Please hit me up on the Twitter at Zubeard77 with that. Remember, people, subscribe to the pod. It's time to wrap this thing on up because I don't want to waste any of your all's time any more than I already have. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, we got the Dolphins this weekend, so I wouldn't call it a big game, but I guess it's a rivalry. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a game I guess we have a chance to be competitive in, right? So, yeah, let's do it, people. I will talk to you on Sunday then, or Saturday. Well, we'll see when I'm able to get it up. Hopefully Saturday evening I can get up the pregame pod, and I will talk to you all then. But for now, it's time for me to Jets. So I bid you adieu. Peace.